0: To the ghost radio station and i'm talking to Carl Marshall, who once was like a dr doodle for butterflies <laughs> okay <laughs> i could I resist that one now we're talking today about cryptozoology and paranormal they're almost linked together aren't they yeah in some ways they are yeah i suppose so i suppose if we look at the mythology of bigfoot that that somewhere along the lines has they have reckon that Bigfoot can travel into the third dimension? Yeah. I don't know how true that is. I mean, that could be just yeah, like a falsehood. I've heard there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is your main theories that you're looking into at the moment? Um, right now,
1: well, uh, the most recent thing I've been doing is working on my, my cryptozoology project, that is, smaller, known unknown that are likely to weigh less than a kilogram and um, so these are smaller known animals that are not widely known so I'm basically trying to come up with a, a workable methodology that's based off Heuvermann's method you know for, for cryptozoology but what's sort that could be used to find uh, smaller and known animals? What,
0: what ones have you found so far? No, not personally, no. Okay, well, he, he, was, um, he, was, he, w- he was with the Natural History Museum of
1: uh, New York, the New York Natural History Museum, and um, he basically was in Burma in the 1920s, and uh, he came across a strange, small, glowing light in a bush, sort of, I suppose, at, at night in the jungle. Uh, he approached it and uh, realised quite Spider, uh, a luminescent spider, a spider that was glowing. And uh, as he got closer to have a better look, the spider saw him, and the, the spider dropped from the tree and scurried away across the ground. Um, but he's quite a credible witness. Bill and Brown discovered the the very first Tyrannosaurus rex fossils. He's a, a genuine scientist, and if he saw a glowing spider, I'm sure in one way or another he did.
0: Oh, I don't think he would be one of those that said, "Oh, I I I didn't see nothing." I would have thought he's quite one of those ones that have gone back and tried to look at the the area and done a little bit more research for something. Sort of so. yeah. yeah, sure. Have you seen the lo- the lo- the Leicester's postings about the Beast of Bodmin again? No. Uh, no, probably not the most up-to-date stuff.
1: I'll check it out. Um, I, you know, I try and keep a track of that particular story. Um, uh, no, remind me.
0: Mean, but, but there's lots of sightings near Wiltshire area, again, in the same places as usual, lots of farmers reporting unknown known sheep deaths. Sometimes, obviously, that could be na- nature, but there are the occasional devil-worship devil worship ones that we won't go into, but there, there are the odd ones
1: surprised if a, a sheep or two have been taken in the past, um, but I, I would say most of the time it's going to be uh, dog-worrying incidents.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, Nat, because when I take my dog out, I always make sure if we do go near any cows or sheep, I don't go across the road. Mm, yeah. General good practice, isn't it, really? <laughs> Oh, he he wants to get in in the act, does he? Yeah. Oh, you're a great fan of um, Marvel Comics, then, I presume? Uh, not so much Marvel Comics, but um, uh, Norse mythology, definitely. They're making a, a Loki series, aren't they, on Amazon, I think? I think so,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just base him, because he's got such character, I just base him off the, the Norse god of mischief, the
0: Nordic god of mischief, Loki. Seems an appropriate name. Uh, I think there's, um, is it Lars that looks into, um, cryptozoology, creatures concerning North mythology? He does very very much so, yeah, he's brilliant, yep. Uh, How much do you think that is possible? do you mean things like trolls? Yeah. Um, I would say,
1: uh, I I doubt very much that trolls exist as, as an actual flesh and blood, actual animal, you know, getting by unnoticed by anybody, these giant creatures, I would think it's more likely to be some sort of, it's based off some sort of memory, I would think, of other types of humans that have existed in the past, and that we've come into contact with, and and sort of remained with us, I suppose, in a a sort of
0: genetic memory, if you like. I saw a a show once upon a time, that we are, there's so many people on the planet are still Ne f he I it right. He it all. Gene? Ne fell Jean in their bodies. Mark. Yep. Yep, still here. Hello? That's, that's the month as the months is trying to get through. They're trying to get through to us. That's the paranormal. We're talking about paranormal. Come back. Ah. We had interruption of the call, as always. Life, the universe, everything happens. Just as you mean to do it. So what happened there? I don't know. I think it's every time I mention the word paranormal, something plays up. It it's seems to be. False in, doesn't it? Yeah, it 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 happens every time you talk about the subject. People say, "Oh no, that's not untrue." But it's a bit like the full moon. And people say, think, "Oh, nothing happens yeah. to the full moon," yeah. <laughs> I think if you yeah. ever worked in yeah. care work. Right there. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I was asking. Um, you did it recently on, on 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 the track extra where you saw like we like a deer's face on the ground. Mm, yeah. I I thought it looked, well, as I said, I thought it looked a little bit like, you know, one of those werewolf Halloween masks you can get? It did a bit, didn't it, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I sort of looked at it thought it could be, but then it, it's, what's that word when you look at something and you're thinking, "Oh, that looks like that? Yeah, like, like a simulacra, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that the reason it looks so odd was because it's a bit morbid, but I think the, the material that would normally be filling out its neck, because its head's been cut off, I think that the material that's supposed to be supporting its neck, because it's missing, the weight of gravity is pushing down on the head, and it's making the the, cheeks air, the cheek area sort of spray out a little bit, and it looks quite canine, but mm. I'd say going by the frontal bone, which is the big bone on its forehead, the width of that compared to like the length of its muzzle, if you like, I would say that that says quite clearly that it's a deer.
0: And as you said, I heard you mention that it's ninety percent. It could be hunters that do it. Yeah, most likely is yeah. You know, you know poachers go out and
1: they shoot a deer and they just, you know they, they take you know they get what they want off it. They only want the meat, so they throw away all the, in, the insides and the guts and the head. You know, and it just gets found. It's not the first time
0: I've heard of it before. What creatures do you think would be the most likely? in your humble opinion that we would more likely find in the next couple of years? Um well that's a really good question. In the next couple of
1: years. I would say that in the next 10, 15 years there should be I would think a big if there are big cats in Britain, like the big black leopard types, they they should be found they should be filmed on on drone cameras at some point. I know that there's been footage before, which has been claimed to have been of, of leopards and whatnot, but they're not. They're, they're domestic cats. It's just hard to get perspective from the way that the drones flying around so fast. Um, but yeah, I would say in the next ten years or so, we there should be some sort of
0: better footage taken from a drone of a, of a big cat in Britain. I know which is looking into the theory of the orange pendeck. Orange pendeck, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. He's been doing quite a lot of studying to that, isn't he? Mm,
1: yeah, there's, the same especially Richard. You know, they've done some really, really great stuff uh, researching the orangutan. They can come up with some really, really interesting results.
0: Have you ever wanted to do a proper exhibition yourself?
1: unusual things related to cryptozoology i've been to borneo and i've done i've done belize i've done mexico a little bit of north africa but yeah i'd I'd like to do a cfz expedition that would be pretty cool
0: yeah yeah i think i think if we could sort i know it's all dead, always down to funds but you could sort of do try to do something a bit more local towards your area i've always fancied going to scotland and investigating
1: known as the earth hound. I don't know if you're familiar
0: with that one. No, I'm not. You have to, they be, they okay, it's, a, me. it's supposed to be a little a small
1: mustelid sort of size, that's a weasel type sized uh, uh, animal that lives in, in certain cemeteries, certain graveyards and it's associated with um, digging into graves and eating the corpses. I mean I'm sure I'm sure that's probably a lot of that's folklore, but I think that the idea is, is that People that come across these animals the most often are people that are digging into the earth, and in general, those are people digging graves. Um, but I think that animal—it you know, it, it could exist. It may have existed in the past. I haven't looked into it too closely, but I've always been quite
0: interested by, by it. Yeah, I and mean, Scotland isn't too far from where you are, is it? No, not really. I suppose not, not compared to going to to Africa or somewhere like
1: that. I suppose.
0: Well, hmm. it's always worth looking into it. How much it'd cost? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe we, maybe we should think of something. Yeah, I know there's some <laughs> stuff around here that I could look into if I could, if I could travel. But it, it, it's just travelling. I, I find it too difficult. But I know there's so much. Could, if it, you could, what would you, what would you look into if you, if you had the chance to go out and look for something? What would you look for? I, I'm, well, mine is more, not actually. Well, it's not really cryptozoology. It's more folklore. There's the black the man of South End. Well, I used to live in South End, and I used to walk down that tunnel that they was on, across the road, and I know it was dark and dingy, and it did give you the impression that you know, a bit creepy, like. But I just would like to do a further investigation, saying, "Have you ever heard of this account?" Because I've, I sort of heard of it after I left. I never heard of it while I lived there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool, yeah. Now. You mentioned that like, you were into the world of paranormal, like myself. What got you interested in... I have
1: an interest in that sort of thing. Yet. Yeah. I, I, I try and keep it separate. In many ways, I try and keep it separate from cryptozoology. I try and, My cryptozoology approach is very much in terms of flesh and blood biology. Um, but I am interested in other types of mysteries. So when I look into paranormal or even, like, zoom form phenomena or anything like
0: cryptozoologist well yeah you've you got to because with the paranormal world because it can be well let's put it honest it's probably more faked than some of the cryptozoology posts <laughs> mm, and even harder, to, even harder to tell yeah because it, it it I mean you do rely a lot more on um, witness reports as well and it sometimes people do fabricate them a little bit mm, I think there's got to be some sort of fact some, some
1: a fact at the base of these sorts of reports, I think that there probably is something to the paranormal um, but maybe, maybe it's just a type of science, a form of science
0: that we just don't fully understand well, a lot of people look, look, obviously think of the electrical theory that because we're born with all these electrodes in our body that, that they sort of like, as we die we give off this sort of like not like a low emitting energy force that some people are able to tap into I'm not too sure about the machines that read the voices, you know, like, the, like you tune into the radio thing and then it comes up with words and phrases, because, I mean, you can do that yourself, randomly. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you expect that sort of thing to be faked quite a lot, don't you? I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of clairvoyants and I don't n- never give them too much information. I thought, I'm not going to see how much they're going to find out on my Facebook account, because anyone look up your Facebook. But there's lots of stuff I haven't got on it. So I think, oh, you tell me something that only I know, then I'll believe you. But I never tell them that, I, you know. It's definitely worthy of study.
1: Um, it should be tested uh, more often than it is, I suppose. Uh, see if there's any
0: sort of fact behind it. They did an experiment some years ago called the Phillips experiment. Yeah, I think I, think I know that one. That's where the Clairvoyants all sort of got together and created a, 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 a sort of spirit that called Philip, is that right? Yeah, he was totally made up. And yeah, they made it up completely, but yeah. it, it was able to affect the surroundings, I think. But it shows you how easily we influence. I mean, you go down a dark road on a windy night and the wet It's cold and the trees are rustling and you, yeah. you hear it creaking, you sort of... Your mind starts going... Oh, what's that? Yeah, it's like horror That's films. True. Like we're both fans of horror films. A good <laughs> horror film is one where it spooks you. You like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That moment goes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I sent you that a link to the um, uh, A R E S R E S Aries. It's a Dutch supernatural thing. It's very very creepy. Oh yeah, I'll do. It. And it's very it's very dark, but I, I warn you: there's um, it's not for children. Don't let kids watch it. <laughs> definitely, definitely not for kids. It, it, it's, it's a very sort of although like it's in Dutch, they kept bits of Dutch in it, obviously because some words they couldn't translate or they couldn't because uh, English dubbed. You know, a bit like the walk margin and all that. But I'm afraid you can't do much about dubbing nowadays. Lost in translation, I suppose, yeah. Do you find that sometimes when you're doing your reports and you're looking through all the various things that you've you've seen and posted, do you find sometimes that's lost in translation as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say it probably affects most areas of cryptozoology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say that's that's definitely something
0: that all cryptozoologists should be thinking about. I, I, I know recently you said you have seen the posts I put on about, I think it was Foxes or something, but you hadn't seen the pictures or something. You read yeah, the before? Yeah, yeah, I'd read about that sort of symbiotic
1: relationship before, um, but yeah, I'd never seen, never seen pictures before, so that was a really good finding. Well done, Mark. Well, yeah, I, I like to
0: find these different various things. I mean, sometimes I know they're probably old posts, but... Sometimes I think, well, no, you know, that's what cryptozoology should be, you know. It's not all about the monsters, as John would say. It's finding the things that nobody knows about. Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly what it is. I think that's what the hardest bit to explain to people. They go, oh, it's only about monsters. I said, that's just the fun side of things. The hard work is finding out a new species that nobody's ever seen before. I think a lot of people forget as well that cryptozoology isn't actually the physical
1: search looking for unknown animals it's the methodology behind that you know it's what you do first you data, and then when you go into the field looking for an unknown animal essentially you're being a zoologist it just depends on how good a zoologist you are and what you're looking for
0: well yeah I mean some people are, are more up with it than others I mean my zoology I, I, you could write in the back of a pen but I like to read the articles at least I, I do that much I found that I've I've, I've learned lots of different things along the way. I could be re- I could watch them and go, oh sorry, that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they said something the other day about some uh beetle or something and I said, Oh sorry, no, that's wrong. They do live there. They you haven't done your research. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia as well. I think Wikipedia right sometimes, but they do get the facts ninety nine percent right. <laughs> Do, do you find it difficult to recall what you're doing all the time? Because obviously, animals don't sort of stand there and go, Hi, oh, here, oh for photographs. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's always difficult. We, we, you mean in the field, looking for animals? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's difficult. Even an animal that we know what it is, you know. I mean, if you were in, if you were looking for snow, leopard say, or something like that, you could expect to be looking for months and months without seeing them, you know, and they're an animal that we know is there. So if it's an unknown animal, a genuine unknown animal, I mean, you've got to remember, as well, there's always a chance, I know some cryptos already don't like to consider it, but there is always the chance that it's not real, you know. And we might, and a particular unknown animal might never turn up.
0: And uh, it's knowing which ones to actually look for. You know, to try and show the cryptozoology is a is a working, a good working methodology. Well, also good, but You can break it down and say, sorry, we've done a lot of research. I'm afraid to say this is not real. We've done enough research now. Here's our research paper. You know, yeah. we, we've done all the pictures, all the sounding, all the witnesses, and sorry, we cannot find it. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it goes the other
1: way as well. You could come to that conclusion thinking there's definitely, you know, there's nothing there. You could spend your entire life looking for something and just because we didn't come across it at the particular time when it was in an area doesn't mean it's not really there, does it? I mean, you could just just
0: not find it. Have you read anything le- recently that you would recommend to look at cryptozoology warrants?
1: reading up about it There's yeah, them. yeah. Carl Shuker. anything by carl Shuker is brilliant you know everybody should be reading carl Shuker. everybody should, be, should have read on the track of when they're animals in the wake of the sea serpents by uh, bernard huyverman's um more uh, think um matthew billy he's a very good author he, two books of his are, uh shadows of existence and uh, rumors of existence i think it's called cool. they're both really really good books there's lots there's loads of really good stuff. Chad Armand Chad Armand brings out some really good stuff um, yeah
0: and are you doing any more on the track again lately yeah I, I, uh, I
1: haven't been down well, I think I was there about a month ago so we did some filming then so I think there's probably some bits that are going to be in the next one um, but I need to go back down again really soon and film some more
0: yeah, I know it's difficult, as you said, because of family. Obvious i sure yeah. you know. Yeah. And travelling isn't easy either, is it? No, it's
1: not. It's it's a bit of a, a bit of a pain, but you know, we do these things
0: because we uh, love cryptozoology. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if no, a, see if someone wanted to start in the field of cryptozoology, they thought, oh, obviously we'll look up C of Z, obviously, but... Besides that, where else would you recommend they would go? Um, that's a really
1: good question. To be honest with you, I I, I recommend us. I um, think that we are the best, the biggest, at least the biggest anyway in the English speaking world, uh, cryptozoology organization. Um, yeah, so it comes to the CSN, that's probably the best place.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think it's the most informative there. I mean, I've looked at all the rest and. I mean, John has tweeted. I mean, when the
1: ISC uh, was, in, was in operation, um, that was sort of the go-to place. You know, Bernard Hoivman's, when he was alive, he was the the um, the president. I suppose I think he's the president of, of that organisation. Uh, but that's no longer functional. You know, it's defunct now. And there's the only organisation that's bringing out, for instance, a peer-reviewed paper is the said with the uh, the Journal of Cryptozoology.
0: Yeah, I've read that quite quite. Uh, I try to read that. the when he releases uh, the up-to-date information, it's quite informative, and I think, I didn't know like that one. It's is really, it? really important that there's peer-reviewed
1: papers being put out there, and um, it makes us at least look more credible in the eyes of uh,
0: people that matter, you know, zoological colleagues and whatnot. Also, on, along the way, you've got to have a little bit of fun as well.
1: Oh
0: yeah, and that's what the it's all about really, we're all about having some fun. <laughs> well, otherwise, people don't listen or or, or or watch the show, will they, you I mean? You know, if you just yeah, sat there talking about think. stuff all the time... We to we try, yeah, we try and make it so sort of something for everybody, you know. I mean, I talked to a bloke once who thought he'd seen werewolves, but I don't know how true that is. Well, I'm sure he probably believed he did, yeah. I mean, I know he worked out right in the middle woods, and he was a security guard, and he Is kept seeing Britain? large animal prints. I thought, well, he possibly could have misread them. Mm,
1: possibly, uh, was
0: that Ian? Somebody. Was he in Britain? I can't remember his last name. I'm terrible love last names. No, was it was it in England. Yeah, he was in England. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, as I say, I think I think we do. I think as long as we keep putting it out there, like myself, and you, John. I mean, I only do it through my podcasting, but and doing my posts. But I still think as long as people look at it and go, "Oh, I didn't know that." Oh, oh yeah, that's interesting. And I, I mean, sometimes you will find things in archaeological news that's related to animals as well. Like, um, yeah. the first species of dog they reckon is earlier than they thought before. By a thousand yeah. years. Yeah. Anything? Yeah, I have mean, always wondered whether or not, we always say how we domesticated dogs, but I think wonder to a certain extent, maybe, maybe dogs domesticated us. Well, there is a fear because of brown, the big eyes, isn't it? They look like baby yeah. eyes. That's why we yeah. connect with dogs. Yeah, maybe we've, at some point in our past, we've been
1: following packs of all dogs or wolves or whatever, and uh, you know, eating the scraps they don't want and slowly
0: forming a relationship that way, maybe. Perhaps dogs are secret alien masters. Maybe. (laughs) That'd be cool, wouldn't it? That would. (laughs) They suddenly rise up. We have been controlling you all this time. We will rule the world. (laughs) Now. I, I, kn- I know this is a bizarre off-the-track thing, but recently, because of coronavirus, they to- always talk about mutations. Now, the biggest virus ever that killed millions of people was the Spanish flu, which is that's 1918, right, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's the most obscure one people never talk about. Yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: this new coronavirus is very similar really, I suppose. It's I think from what I gather coronavirus from if I am right, I think coronavirus is basically any virus that's transmittable between birds, mammals and us basically. Um I don't think it's a specific name that's for that particular type of virus. I think it's sort of a catch all sort of term.
0: Well I think I think sometimes we're always gonna be susceptible all this. Because it's like you know, I know we I know I've got to relate you to the War of the Worlds now. Where the the uh, aliens were wiped out by the common gold. Mm, brilliant. So that that's how I relate it to because I think in you know sometimes it's going to happen. You know, it might not happen now. It might be just it will die its own death and yeah. it'll go. Well, and, they things, things mutate and change, don't they? Yeah. Well, we well you look at the, um, there's a the locusts in um, Western Africa at the moment. Okay. Desert desert locusts, and they're wiping out all of, what everything they they can eat a field of grain in seconds apparently, a swarm, mm-hmm. and they yeah. they they they've overbred because of climate change.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's, it's if they at certain ter- certain temperatures, I think that when they're when they're born too fast, um, when they're born in close proximity to each other. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is right. This might be old information, I don't know. But I think it's when they're born too close to each other and the next generation... I was thinking about the way they touch each other's legs at a certain point. It means that the next generation become the the true desert-phase locust. Because I think that's the... The desert-phase locust, the swarming type, is a, is, a, is a different mutation
0: that comes from the standard desert uh, locust. Which I, is I more think, radical. if I'm right, I think they're a bit like rats. You could they, they could poison one lot, And then the next lot could be immune to it. Hmm, yeah. Because I know for fact rats are like, nearly bomb-proof. Oh yeah, they're very tough, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're very hard to kill. People say, oh yeah, Yeah. but you put this poison down. No. that one won't work because they got immune to that one. What do you mean immune to it? I said it's been bred out. Yeah. You think they can have, I don't know how many young they can have, but I know it's a big number yeah, 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 sure I'm sure that ghost is trying to get through in the background, you know <laughs> I think you've got a secret spirit box in the background, don't you? Carl, are you there, Carl? <laughs> I know what it is, it's the wind, probably the wind blowing through you it's, uh, yeah, it really is windy outside at the moment have you written any books or essays or anything lately? Um, I've got
1: an article that's coming out in the journal, the, the CFS journal, uh, um, to do with sea serpents. Um, that's coming out pretty soon, I think that'll be out within a month
0: yeah, there's, or four, uh, so. There's a lot of theory about sea serpents, isn't there? Hmm, uh, yeah. I know, they, did they find an octopus, that, not quite like the Kraken, but a really big-sized octopus that could have been, oh, that's why they presumed it was a Kraken, because of the size of it.
1: Yeah, they, they, it started off with stories, like you say, with the Kraken, and over time, people started to realise that the Kraken was very likely, they these. they were these strange creatures that washed up on beaches every now and again, which we now call the, the giant squid, archituthist ducks. Um, yeah, but I, I, I still think, you know, that there's a possibility that, there's another type of giant squid, an even bigger giant squid, um, which is probably closer, has more closer ties to the actual Kraken of mythology. Um, a sort of Kraken squid, if you like, you know, something maybe twice the size. Well,
0: it's possibly all well in the deepest oceans, because it's a bit like the moon the deepest oceans. We've only just barely touched it. Mm, about five percent. I think somebody's once said we learn, know less about the sea than we do the moon. It's very true. And it's considering we're a planet of blue water, I think mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a blue planet. Do do you think that the sea monster world uh, I like the stories of obviously Loch Ness? Although I don't I I don't believe Loch Ness is a monster. I I think it could be possibly like an eel or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would be a reasonable, a reasonable theory. And there's the one, lots of them in America. It seems to be... Every lake you go to in America there seems to be a sea monster. Or lake monster.
1: I think sea monsters are uh, um, sightings change over time anyway. I mean, obviously before the 1930s there was no long neck reports from Loch Ness. It was always thought of some sort of just very large fish. Um, so obviously I would say that movies like king kong and the lost world where they show dinosaurs where people saw dinosaurs for the first time i'm sure that encouraged people's imaginations and and the identity of the the creature has probably changed over time which makes me think that like you say it could be down to a a giant eel an eel that's sterile and not gone off to spawn you know it stays in the lock and keeps feeding from what i gather we know very little about that, that particular aspect of uh, eel biology
0: Yeah, and also I think, as you say, we underestimate these environments that they could be in. I mean, just because it's the classic life as we know it. But it's obviously life on the moon somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't dug down very far, have we? No, and I think when we go to Mars, I think we could end up finding micro-organs that are alive and living quite happily. On the I would say that it's an absolute 100% guarantee
1: that there's going to be other forms of life out there in the universe. It might not be carbon based, I mean, it might even be like silica based or something like that and be really, really unusual. But I'm absolutely certain that there is other types of life in the universe. Whether it's intelligent life, that's different. Um, but I expect that's quite likely too. I expect there really is intelligent life out there on other planets. Uh, we'll probably find it.
0: They've got the same problem that we have, and... Uh, have you heard of a thing called fast beat pulses? There was an article in the paper the other day about fast beat pulses. They, they've been getting messages that the astrologers have been looking at. And they think... Well, some most of them think it's to do with a star or a comet. Okay, right. But, but because it's consistent doing the same signal some others are saying well it might not be that I'm not saying it is alien but they're all sort of saying well how is it possible for it to keep the same consistent message same sort of frequency. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's every every 16 days you get 4 days of the pulses then 12 days off then 4 days 12 days off 4 days It goes in that circle all the time. Maybe it's like extraterrestrial morse code. Yeah, it could be dot, dot, dash, 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 dot, 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 dash. Help. (laughs) Maybe. That'd That'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry. It'd be like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.